here. Let me correct that one. That's great to put on Facebook. And hello, I love that church. Anyway, um, and uh, we had a great time, and um, you know, uh, it was just fun. So we want to honor our ladies here at the church, and and so this coming Saturday at nine a.m. We are going, the men are going to serve you breakfast, and uh, they'll have a special place set up for you and all of that. So um, if guys, if you can help and you'd like to come and help and you'd like to even help uh, finance that, we're not charging the ladies anything, um, you can give Scott some uh, moolah for that or some money to, to help cover the cost of that. Um, and we are taking reservations, I guess, if, you, if we know you're going to be there, we know how much food to cook. And how much to uh, to get there? So if you know that you're coming or can come or want to bring a uh, you know one of your friends' girls, and you're welcome to do that. We would love to see you on that Saturday and uh, this coming Saturday. So it's it's good time. So the next thing I wanted everybody, I want you to pay attention to me. I want you to listen because this announcement was not up there, but you get to hear it now. And uh, so this is what's going to happen. Everybody, turn to your neighbor and say, right at the first of the year. Isn't that exciting just to say that? The first of the year, we're going to go to two services, so you need to know that. So uh, we're going to have a 9 o'clock service and a 10.30 service, a 9 a.m. service and a 10.30 service. So for those of you that are early birds and you're like, sweet, because we've had people that have even asked us, when are you ever going to do that? It's going to start the first of the year. 9 o'clock, and you can come here, and then the service will, you know, 60, 70 minutes, and then the next service will be at 10.30, uh, just like the service is now. And uh, so you can do that. It gives us more opportunity for those that are wanting to be on Dream Teamers and all that that can help. And it also helps those people that work one time, they never get to be in service. Their service is back there taking care of children and all that. And it gives them an opportunity to work one and worship one. And, and it gives us an opportunity to add some more features for growth and options for those people that are just like, boy, I wish I could come, you know, that kind of thing. So we're going to be opening that up starting in January. So you need to know that. So mark your calendars for that. And, uh, and we're going to see God do some great things here at TLC. We've been talking about um, what's under your tree in this series for Christmas and this whole month of holiday and what's under your tree. We've talked about, um, you know, just the gifts that were given and all of those kind of things and the different kinds of gifts and the heart gifts and the memory gifts. And we talked about that this morning. I want us to talk about... Um, some other stuff. I wanted to ask some Christian, Christian Christmas questions. Uh, I'll get those out. That's just been sounds like sounds like I'm having trouble speaking this morning, but I'll get right. Christmas questions um, like you know, how does a brown cow eat green grass and give white milk? That's not really what we're going to talk about. But how about this? If a man, uh, if men evolved from apes, why do we still have apes? That's not what we're going to talk about either. I'm just trying to get your mind questioning. If a man stands in the middle of the forest speaking and there's no woman to hear him, is he still wrong? Look, you, you hear the women? Yes. He, he's wrong. <laughs> here's, some, here's some other questions, some test questions. What kind of coffee was served on the Titanic? Sanka. Uh, what kind of phone do prisoners use when they talk to each other? Cell phones. I'm, I'm still going on. What do Eskimos get from sitting on the ice too long? <laughs> Polaroids. <laughs> oh. What do you call a boomerang that doesn't work? A stick. <laughs> yeah. 
Why do gorillas have such big nostrils? Because they got big fingers. <laughs> Some of you are like, wow. <laughs> you know, inquiring minds want to know. So we've got some Christmas questions this morning about the Christmas story I thought would be interesting if we looked at it. Not about Ralphie's BB gun, but about the original Christmas story. Questions not really to question God or his methods, but just to understand maybe why God did what he did. Maybe just to get a better glimpse. Because sometimes we don't understand. We, we see something and we don't understand why that happened. But there could be something that caused that to happen. Or we'd understand that and then we go, oh, oh, now I get it. Have you ever came across something that you really didn't understand why somebody did what they did? Then you find the backstory, and then you go, oh, I see. So I wanted to look at that this morning. And then find, you know, what, what God was talking about when it came to the birth of his son. Galatians 4, 4 says this, But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a, a woman, subject to the law. The time was right. The stage was set. Everything was ready, and Jesus was born. It was God's plan. It was his timetable. It was his design. God set it up. Isn't it amazing? Sometimes we don't understand what's going on, but if we would yield our life to God and understand he directs our path, it could just be that it's a setup. Jesus forced the disciples into the boat, but he had already planned, I'm going to come to them at a certain time. He was setting something up for the kingdom of God. Nothing happens by accident or chance. God had a purpose in all that he does. Our first question I thought would be something that we could ask about Christmas. It would be why Gabriel? Why the angel Gabriel? Luke one twenty eight says in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth. A village in Galilee. Why not Michael? I mean God's got all kinds of angels. Why Gabriel? Why not Michael? Why not somebody else or another angel? He has all kinds at his disposal. How about Clarence from It's a Wonderful Life? I mean, I don't know. But he chose Gabriel. Michael was a special angel sent to Israel. He was sent to the Jews. Angels are God's messengers. And Michael's messages were to the Jews. Jesus was born not just for the Jews, but for the Gentiles. He was born for everyone. He was given to everybody. When we look at Gabriel, and this is what we find, we see that God chose him to tell In Daniel chapter 8, and you can look it up, it's the second coming of Christ. So who better to tell Mary about the first coming of Christ? It was Gabriel who told Daniel the time that Jesus would be born. That's Daniel 9.25. He tells specifically, so it is God being consistent in what he does. He uses Gabriel to tell the time 600 years earlier to Daniel. Pretty amazing. He would announce that birth to Mary. He, his message and his messenger were consistent. They were right on point. Question number two. Why Mary? Luke 1, 27 and 28 says, To a virgin named Mary, she was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Once there was a story. This is a story, by the way, of a little boy who was really mean. At Christmas time, he wrote out a 12-page letter of toys that he wanted, handed it to his parents, 
that he wanted for Christmas. His parents were outraged that he would be so selfish and ask for so many things. They sat him down in front of the manger scene in the living room, and they told him to sit there and look at the manger and remember what Christmas was really about, and then write a letter to Jesus. The little boy sat there for a while staring at the manger, and he got a pencil and paper, and he began to write, Dear Jesus, if you bring me all the toys that I've asked for, I'll be good for a whole year. Thought for a minute, he tears up the paper, he writes again, Dear Jesus, if you bring me all the toys, I'll be good for six months. No, tore that up. Dear Jesus, if you bring me all the toys, I'll be good for a whole week. That didn't work either. So he sits in front of the manger and he gently reaches over, picks up the figure of Mary, places it in a shoebox and puts the shoebox in the back of his closet. And then he writes, dear Jesus, if you ever want to see your mother again. (laughs) Back to our original story. Why Mary? (laughs) Mary was a virgin. Jesus had to be born of a virgin. He'd have Uh, Because if he wasn't born of a virgin, then he'd have a sin nature like Joseph or like us. So why Mary? There there had to be lots of virgins in Nazareth. She couldn't be the only one. But in uh, 138, we're given a clue. Mary responded, I am, this is in Luke, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. You see, Mary was willing to be used of God in any way God said. God, if this is what you say, I will do it. Whatever you say goes. And she believed whatever God said would be all right. So she's not only willing to do what he says, she's not only willing to be who he wants her to be, she's willing to say, as long as you said it, I'm going to believe it, and that's it. It kind of separates those that are just casual, if that makes any sense. Mary was sold out. God, she was sold out to him. Why did she believe? She believed the promises of the Messiah. She had heard them all her life. So she now is saying, and then she has this visit. I don't know about you, but if you've ever seen an angel or been visited by an angel and they talk to you, I don't know that people, you know, are going to think you're on your right mind. But if they said something to you, I'd have a tendency to think you'd be like, this really happened. But she believed she, she gave praise to God. She believed in that. That was in 147. It says, how my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. That's in the book of Luke. Now see, when we think of Mary, this is, I mean, when she is saying, be it as you said, I will do it, all of those things. This is, she is putting her life, that song we sang, I came out of the grave, you called my name. She is now putting herself in a position that goes against the religious culture of her society, against what's going on. She could be stoned for what is happening in her life. I mean, she's putting herself in danger. I think God chose Mary because Mary said, you know what, it's not about me. This is something you've planned. What's under your tree? Are you willing to let God use you In ways that you might say, you know what, God, I'm not really in favor of this. I mean, think about his son. His son even said, I really wish you had another way. I am not really crazy about this whole cross thing. But if that's what you want, that's what we'll do. God uses people who want him to be part of their life. 
that can't go on without God. God, without you, I'm nothing. Mary was one of those people. Mary was sold out. That's why he chose Mary. She's not just casual about it. She loved God, and she was picked for this purpose. He planned it. The third question, why Joseph? We read earlier he was descendant of King David, so that fulfilled scripture. But let's dig a little deeper, just shall we? Matthew 1, 18 and 19 says, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. Your version could say espoused or whatever, but it's an engagement. And in, in that culture, it was legally binding. It was, they, you know, legally things had to be done to make that go away, so to speak, or to make that breakup happen. It isn't like today. Today we have our black lines that once were black or white are now so many times gray. Where is the line? In our public schools and, and in our culture... And in all of the things that, that this used to be, did you know America was founded on this? And now we are teaching all kinds of things that are actually opposite of this. You see, it couldn't just be like today. Today it's almost common. You can shack up today. not right back then it just wasn't that way sometimes i think we need to well i know we need to get some standards back in our world joseph was an honorable man he respected mary and the relationship and really in that culture i mean I, I, it's hard for me to even imagine because now she could have been taken and stoned to death. That'd be terrible. But, I mean, Joseph, again, this is why God chose Joseph. He didn't react hastily or irrationally or impulsively. Matthew one twenty. he was concerned, uh, as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. So we have also, we, you know, we've got Gabriel telling Mary, he's telling Joseph, he's saying, this is, this is legit. This is happening. Why would God pick Joseph? Because he could trust Joseph. Joseph isn't just one of these men that are just going to be a yes man or go with the crowd. Joseph had standards and he understood and he, he was in the lineage. God could trust him. He would be raising, think about this, he'd be raising the Son of God. Who would you trust to raise your child? I mean, that's where it really comes down to. Would you trust somebody else? If something happened to you, that's what they do with a will. I want my children to be, and I'm not saying anything would happen to you, but they would, you know what I'm saying? They would say, I need, because they have good standards, they have good morals, they, they have good beliefs, and they would raise my child right. Who would be your legal guardian? 
there's a story of an elderly couple who took their six-year-old grandson to church on Sunday morning. The grandmother sang in the choir, and she told her boy that he'd be sitting next to his grandfather in church. She took the boy aside, and she said, here's a dollar. I want you to poke grandpa every time he starts to go to sleep. I want you to keep him awake during the sermon. Grandpa slept through the whole sermon. And after church, grandma said, why didn't you do what I said? The boy said, you gave me a dollar to keep him awake. Grandpa gave me two dollars to let him sleep. (laughs) Can you be bought? What's your faith? What's your faith say? Do we just be chameleons when we're around? I got to talk to the students of 180 on on, uh, Thursday, and we, we did a potato night, and it was really cool. And uh, they, they made potatoes that looked like them, and, and it was, you know, but the whole message was just about mistaken identity. In other words, could people see you and find Jesus? Could they say, you know what, I know that's you, but boy, I see God in you. I see Jesus in you. What would happen if we lived like that? And we could understand, you know, Jesus, I want you in me so much that I can't be bought. God could trust Joseph to take care of his son. Because of Joseph, we read this. Now think about this. This doesn't just happen. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Well, he did that because he had parents that made sure that they understood why he came. So why did God choose Joseph? Because he could trust him with raising Jesus. Here's question number four. Why Bethlehem? I'm just trying to put this together a little bit so that we could really validate why we actually do what we do instead of just a story or that just happens or that kind of thing. But why Bethlehem? Luke 2, 1 through 5 says at the time the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. It was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, remember we had read that, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee, and he took with him Mary, whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. Now, if we were just human, why would we have picked Bethlehem? We could have picked Jerusalem, the capital city, you know, I mean, be just kind of like, well, let's pick Columbus because of Buckeyes. Go Bucks. You know, I mean, we, I mean, but we, Bethlehem? How about Rome, the center of world power? Or even Nazareth? I mean, I'm sure Mary's not feeling like, I think we need to travel. I'd like to take a long journey. Bethlehem was a small village outside of Jerusalem. Probably like Prospector Waldo. I'm just saying, you know. So, there's, you know, the Bible, really, there's two Bethlehems, north in Galilee and south in Judah. And the Old Testament predicted which one. In Micah 5.2, it says, But thou, Bethlehem, if, now I'll say this right, hopefully, Ephratah, that thou be a little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of there he shall come forth unto me, that to be a ruler of Israel. So, it already picks which one. But why Bethlehem? Joseph's ancestor was King David. There are no computers back then. They just couldn't Google it. They couldn't go to Google Maps. What's the quickest route? All the family records were kept in the city where their ancestors came from. That's how they did it back then. So God had arranged for the tax to be taken by Caesar so they'd have to travel. So Mary and Joseph would have to go to Bethlehem. 
Now remember, God is in charge. He is planning this thing for his birth of his son. He is fulfilling prophecy this whole time. This is a chess and puzzle piece being played out, and God is playing it. He is putting everything in place where it needs to be. He's fulfilling every prophecy that was hundreds of years before, and he is putting them now so they're all coming to pass. Did you know that every word the Bible says is true? I'm saying every word in the Bible is true. If somebody says it's infallible, that just means there's no fault in it. Everything in that book is true. They did studies. They found where Jericho was setting, and they dug it up and said they don't know how that happened. They can't explain it, but the building just seemed to fall down flat. It's true. Everything about it is true. Why Bethlehem? Bethlehem means house of bread. And Jesus came from heaven to be the bread of life. What better place for the bread of life to be born in some place that is called the house of bread? Question five. Why swaddling clothes? Luke 2, 7 says, She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. Seems kind of funny that she would, it would be mentioned in the Bible that she wrapped him. Because it's almost common knowledge. You would wrap... A bit, you know, when our, our children were born, the immediately they were almost put in a blanket some or, or what. But, I mean, if not right after they were born, after you held the baby, you're not, they're going to wrap them. Number one, for cleanliness. And number two, for decency. Especially if you're little boys. Because they just go. <laughs> you have to think about what I just meant with that. but <laughs> For protection. <laughs> Why was it so important? Swaddling clothes were strips of linen cloth used to wrap up newborn babies. But another use for the linen wrappings was also to wrap bodies for burial. And they were used as they wrapped that. And there's, there's all kinds of messages, and I've talked about some of that, how they've wrapped Jesus before. When Jesus was taken down from the cross in Mark, it says, Then they brought fine linen and took him down and wrapped him in the linen and laid him in the sepulcher. You see, God had everything planned out. Jesus actually was born to go to the cross. And so, by prophetically, they are doing things already that are announcing this is why he came. Because they're talking not just about one cloth, they're talking about strips of cloth and and what they did. And when Jesus was on the cross, think about this, the wounds were so major that they would have wrapped strips to try to help different areas that were probably more than the others. God had every detail planned out. Notice when we talked about wrapped, this is truly the first Christmas gift wrapped for you. This is the first, for God so loved the world that he wrapped. He gave his son. John 3.16, as everybody knows that verse, but Jesus is a gift, a love gift from God. In my house, when I grew up and at our kids' house, you know, once it's Christmas morning or whenever you're opening your presents, you almost send somebody to dive under the tree, under the debris, to see if there's anything left. 
Nope, there's no more. Because if there's a gift left under the tree and it's not opened, then it was almost wrapped. For what reason? What do you do with the gift that you don't unwrap? It never gets enjoyed, doesn't get used. But God said, I'm going to give you a gift of eternal life. And I'm going to wrap it in the form of my son. We have to receive that to unwrap it, to enjoy it. Here's question six. Why the shepherds? Luke 2, 8 through 12 says, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. You would think, I mean, I'm just trying to think about what we think. Why didn't the angels appear to the mayor? The king. I mean, some high official, why didn't they just go to him? You know, why the shepherds? So, you know, I start thinking, because shepherds at that point are looked upon as second-class citizens. They probably didn't smell good. They've been out with the sheep all the time. They didn't dress well. They weren't very educated. Most of them became a shepherd if they couldn't do anything else. The Bible says, and we just read it, in, in 2.8 it says, that night. In other words, the shepherds, they, they were working. They had stuff to do. So that night they weren't asleep. Most people in Bethlehem and Jerusalem were probably all sacked out. They were asleep. What happens if we're asleep when Jesus comes back? Just a thought. If we're asleep, we, we miss out. I mean, spiritually. These shepherds were awake and they were like, oh, so they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. Jesus even said this to his disciples. Why are you asleep? Get up, pray, so you don't enter into temptation. I think part of the enemy's plan is just to kind of rock us to sleep. Just with everyday cares and everyday this and all of that. But these shepherds, I'm not saying they're not human. They're they're human just like us. But because of the nature of their work, they were awake. And because of the land that they covered, the people that they would see. You might say, well, they were poor and they were lowly, but they were ready. Salvation could be bought with money. Only the rich would be saved. If salvation could be achieved by morality, only the good would be saved. If it could be produced by fame, only the famous would be saved. If it could be secured by religion, then only the religious people would be saved. But God, his calls to the shepherds has said, I don't want any to perish. He calls those who are ready, those who believe, those who will trust, those who will have faith. He calls those that will say, you know what, I believe. And sometimes we go through stuff and maybe just like, We need to cry out, Lord, if I'm having trouble, help my unbelief. But at least yield to know that there is God that wants to have a relationship with you. That gift is there. Here's our last question. Why the wise men? 
Matthew 2, 1 and 2, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that, about that time, some wise men from the eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw a star as it rose and we have come to worship him. They were probably unlikely because they were Gentiles and Jesus was presented to the Jewish first, the shepherds first, then to the Gentiles, to the wise men. If we read our Bibles, the Jews rejected him. He was presented to the Gentiles, and God wasn't about to leave anyone out. These wise men, they were scholars, they were learned men, they were men of learning. They, you know, we've heard that phrase, wise men still seek him. The Bible says that it is the fool that has said in his heart, there is no God. They gave him gifts, and we talked about those gifts last week, but they gave gold. It's a gift normally given to a king. Jesus is the king of kings. They gave frankincense, and that was used by priests, burned on the altar of incense, would showing his deity. They, they, they were gifts, again, we talked about that they had thought out. What could we give them? As wise men, they were wealthy. These guys had some money. They could have given a lot of things. They gave myrrh. It's not mentioned much. But why the wise men? They gave themselves. Now, the myrrh was used in embalming. You can draw your own conclusions for that. They're teaching us something. They're thinking things out. We have this Christmas thing. I said it last week. We kind of have it all wrong. I get, we have fun with Christmas. Don't get me wrong. I love Christmas. I'm a Christmas nut. I'm a Christmas fanatic. Ho, ho, ho. I jingle all year long, okay? I like that. But we got to understand the real reason, and we've said it, and you put it in the yard, and some people, oh, I don't know. The reason for the season is Jesus. That is the reason for the season. It really is. People can say what they want. I have people that, well, you know, I don't believe that. You know what? Whether you believe it or not, it doesn't make it any less true. Because the Bible is true from cover to cover. These wise men with the gifts, and I, you know, and I said that last week, and this is so, you know, it was kind of profound to me. Mary and Joseph are going to need money to, to take care of Jesus because now they've got to get away from Herod because you know what was going on there. He was trying to kill him. But they're going to need money. He, Joseph, if he's on the run, he's, he can't have a stable job right at that place, so they're going to have to get him out. They're going to need that kind of stuff. It's amazing what happens. So these questions, if you're having like, oh, this is just a cute story. My friends, this is way past being a cute story. This is about mankind being able to take and receive the gift that we don't deserve from God Almighty that will let us live forever with Him. There's one more question I, I need to ask you. What about that gift that God's, we've talked about? What about the gift of Christ? What about the gift of Jesus? Where, where are you at with that? You see, sometimes we used to think, boy, if I do that, then I'm going to be, I'm not going to act right. People will think I'm a nut. Let me just tell you, I, it's not like I got saved and I act like this now. I was already a nut. I was the class clown of my class, go figure. And this is before, you know, before I knew Christ. I'm just saying, but, but, but knowing God is the game changer. It changes everything. Because there's something far past what you would even know and, and think. And, and something that you could put something in that's bigger than you. And that something is Jesus Christ. 
That is the gift for us to unwrap. Jesus has done all he's going to do. God's not going to send him back to the cross again. He's not going back again. The book won't be rewritten if you have another chapter. Well, you know what? I don't like this part, and I think God will understand. It's not how it works. It's not because it's me. I don't have exception to any of this. I'm just saying, this is how it is, period. But God, I, I love you. I get it. But if you don't do it by the book, there's nothing I can do. Jesus has already made the perfect gift. This is actually one size fits all. That's pretty cool. You don't ever have to return this gift. You never have to exchange it. It's the best Christmas gift you'll ever get. My wife just celebrated her 52nd birthday. And I told her, I said, you look like you're in your 20s. And she says, thank you. You don't have to say that. I'm not saying that. I'll walk around with her everywhere. And they'll be like, wow. And I'll be like, that's right. That's my woman. But what I'm saying is, on her card, and on the cards that she gives me, I said, outside of God, you are my life. Outside of God. Because really, my first and best gift is God, is Him. Because without Him, I would not have met her. Are you following me? I got to have her. But I, I have to have him. I mean, let me just say, Colossians 2.10 says this, we are complete in him. This is what I love about this. And this is what I love about this woman. Why she stays with me, that's a miracle in itself. I can go up to any atheist and say, I'll make sure you know there's a God. I just stand by and I married her. Okay, I believe. She doesn't have to, she chooses to. Because her first gift has to be God. Now, I had this all wrong. This isn't in my notes, I'm done with those, okay? But I had this all wrong. Now, I have a, I have a picture in my house that when Sam got married, and, it, and I put on this picture, it was a gift to her, and that's and it's what it says. It says, as long as I have breath, I will dance with you. And it's, it's a picture, it's about like that. And that picture means something to her. It means something to me. But I had this wrong for years. Because, and I'm not trying to embarrass her, and I I hope you guys will throw grace this way. I hope this comes out right. (laughs) I was actually loving her more than God. Does that make sense? And that was... It was, it was happening, so, you know, it was just like I was replacing kind of her with how God should have been in my life. He was still there, and he was still there in a big way, but yet she was, and it was making everything off kilter a little bit. Have I been perfect since that point? No. But I have got some things right because I figured that out. And it helped our relationship get closer when I got God first and her second. 
My question this morning is, what's under your tree? You know, the questions, the Christmas questions that we came up with, are, they're fun to, to look at, but it, hopefully it helps you validate, like, this isn't just a Uncle Remus story. This isn't just a, a story that, you know, is folklore. This isn't just a fairy tale. This actually happened and can be proven out. So my question was just, if I, if I had people in the room that said, you know, I don't, I don't know about this whole thing. I'm trying to prove to you, it really happened. There was a reason. God had it planned. He did send his son. What's under your tree? Because no matter what you get this year, when, when your time comes, you can't take it with you unless it's this gift. This is the only gift that keeps on giving. So how about it? Think about today. Have you really given yourself to God? Have you really said, God, I want you to be number one in my life. I want your standards in my life. I want right to be right and wrong to be wrong. I want to raise my children the way you want me. I want to raise them according to the book. We need some believers that will stand up like Mary and Joseph and say, pick me. They didn't just get chosen by random. They were chosen because they had commitment. Integrity. I believe I'm looking at people that are wonderful. God's got great plans for you and your family. But I'm telling you, you'll enjoy this season a lot more if you put Jesus number one. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes, please?